Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bold Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Lorraine Murphy Show. This week we have another Dear Lorraine episode, which can I just say I am loving recording. They are so fun, um, particularly when people take the time to really spell out the challenge that they're having, as I will share with you in a moment from a listener. So as you may know, these episodes are all about troubleshooting. So this is when I get my agony aunt hat on and address a challenge that someone in my, or kind of a few people in my community might be experiencing at any one time. And this week's episode is how to make a decision. And one of my beautiful followers sent me this message and she said, I struggle with this massively. And I know if I had a pragmatic step process or five things to do to help make decisions or something along those lines, it would honestly change my life. There's things I can easily and confidently make decisions about, but the ones I can't really hold me back. It can be as small as, for example, choosing which chairs work with a dining table. I get excited about the opportunity, start to make a decision, and then become completely overwhelmed, procrastinate, and then the spiral of negative self-talk, and I'm nowhere near able to choose the chair begins. Always concerned I might find a better option, even after I've made the decision. It is exhausting. Please help. (laughs) So I'm really excited to do this episode because I realized when I reflected on it, I said, oh, that's... I've never really dissected what it takes to make a good decision and what steps we would take. And I realize that there are a lot of tactics that I do actually use when I'm faced with a decision and how I move forward. So let's get into it. So the first thing I would really like to, I guess, set the tone of this conversation in this episode to is... You may have heard me talk about DISC behavior profiling before. It is my number one favorite profiling tool. So with DISC, there are four distinct different behavior styles. There's D's, I's, S's, and C's. So if you're a D or an I, you're probably not going to struggle too much when making decisions. D's and I's tend to be quite They tend to be quite decisive. They move quite quickly. They act quite quickly. And if they make a mistake or, you know, it's not the right decision, they can backtrack pretty quickly and it doesn't really hamper their progress too much. S's and C's, however, 
do struggle with making decisions more as a kind of general rule. So an S will struggle to make a decision because they tend to need input from others. So my sister is an S, for example, and she is not a great shopper on her own. She likes my mom to go with her or a friend or if I kind of happen to be in the country for me to go with her. She's the kind of person that she will find a pair of shoes in the first shop that she really likes. And then she will drag me around 17 other shops. I'm exaggerating slightly only to decide that actually she really did like the shoes in the first shop and can we go back there and we go back there and the shoes are sold out so then she's going to put down a deposit and these shops going to order them in and all of the things so that is my sister she needs to have that social proof in order to decide not you know in every single instance but in things like choosing an outfit for a wedding for example my sister would choose she would need that external validation so s's can really struggle with that and they can start to question themselves like my lovely listener who submitted this question has said c's on the other hand tend to need a lot of rationalization a lot of data a lot of clarity almost like a lot of the the head thinking done before they can move forward with something so if you are a C, you might hesitate because you feel like you haven't got the full picture on all of the things and you need to get more visibility before you can make a decision. So there's lots of free disc behavior profiling tests online. I'll pop a link to the one that I tend to use for profiling new team members and so on and that I share at mentees as well. I'll pop that into the show notes. But just something just to consider if you're you know, berating yourself because you know inverted commas aren't good at making decisions it may be because you're an S or a C. And as I've shared, each of those different behaviors profiles have different ways to get unblocked on making the decision. So in an S's case, it's getting the opinion or the opinions of a few different people you trust. And for C's, it's getting more clarity, more visibility on the facts and figures. Okay. So wanted to really just set the set the baseline for this conversation with accepting <laughs> maybe you're an S or a C and that's why you struggle more and you know I'm sure my sister looks at me and goes, oh, God says how does Lorraine make decisions so quickly like I make decisions very very quickly and so yeah if that is you and you're looking at other people in your life going why 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 is why is it so easy for them and it's so hard for me it may be as simple as your disc behavior profile Another tactic that you can use when decision making is to create, it's so simple, it's as old as the hills, but just a really simple pros and cons list. And that pros and cons list you could use for, you know, which shares to buy. And it could be for us when we were thinking about making this move to this house, Wade and I did a pros and cons list when we were sitting on a rooftop in Marrakesh, just saying, okay, pros of staying where we are and the cons of staying where we are and the pros of moving and the cons of moving. And that really gave us a lot of clarity. I find the pros and cons list, I'll generally already know what decision I want to make. I just need to kind of go on the journey. But what I find the pros and cons list does is it centers me. One of my business coaches, Ronan, used to use this tool on me constantly in our sessions together. He would draw a line down the middle of the whiteboard in his office in Sydney. And he would say on the right hand side, he would write a plus and on the left hand side, side, he would write a minus. And he said, what tends to happen is that, particularly for me, I can swing wildly between the plus side, you know, everything's amazing. And the minus side, which is everything's a complete disaster and I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. And he said, that's a really draining and exhausting way to be. And it's not an empowered way to be, you know, swinging between the pluses and the minus. So what he used to do was call my attention back to that line down the middle. And when we can operate our lives and our businesses on that line where we're not super, yay, everything's amazing, you know, glitter and unicorns, but we're also not 
on the flip side where everything's completely dismal and a disaster and super, you know, neg, neg, neg. And it means that when we can get centered on that line, as I said, it's a much more empowered position to be in. And it means that we are much more likely to make a decision that's in our highest good if we are going into the decision centered. So as I said, for me, the pros and cons list isn't necessarily about whether or not I will go this way or that. It's about getting centered going into it. Because when we were looking at potentially moving, our rent was very, very expensive in the house that we were originally in here in Spain. So of course I could say, yeah, massive pro to moving is we're going to reduce our rent. And happily we did by, you know, two thirds, which is just crazy. However, the con of moving, so the pro is, yeah, we'll save rent. But the con is that, as most of you will know, it costs a small fortune to actually move house by the time you factor in the clean of the old house, the moving cost, the extra bits and bobs of furniture. I mean, we had to furnish an entire full bedroom house this time. And the lost productivity at work, the disruption to the family, you know, all of the things. It made me very centered going into this move to have done the pros and cons list first. So pros and cons list, either as a means of making your decision or as a means of centering yourself on whatever decision you do ultimately land on. Something else that I really like to do if I'm feeling very stuck, particularly if it's something business related and something I haven't faced before, is I will use something called triangulation. And I learned about this from a speaker that I saw speak many, many years ago. And he said, if he's really struggling with a business decision, he will go to three people that he trusts in business and he will ask them what they would do in this situation. And the reason he asks three is that if you think about a stool, it stands on three legs. If you take away one leg of a stool, it's going to topple over. If you take away the two legs, it's going to topple over even faster. So his theory, and I really do subscribe to it, is that if you have a stool, if you have a decision that's based essentially on three legs because you've consulted three other people, and of course you've got your own opinion in there as well, that you are a lot more likely to end up with a good decision on how to move forward. So triangulation is really, really helpful in that. Goes without saying, I just really want to underline what I said there, is that you need to find people that you trust. Please do not go and do triangulation with someone. If, for example, it's a parenting challenge that you have, please do not go and seek out people who don't already model awesome parenting to you. I don't mean pers- perfect, but you know the parenting that you aspire to, the parent that you aspire to be, ask those people, not the people who are not. <laughs> Putting it like delicately where, where, where you would like to be. So I think it's really, really key with triangulation that you do consult people that you you respect and you feel have got credibility in the space that you're you're asking for their opinion on. And I think it's also really important to remember as well that see these people as your almost like your pop-up advisory board because what you want to avoid with triangulation is decision by committee. The the outcome of you successfully completing triangulation is that you've got three perspectives that you didn't have before that hopefully are aligning with with what you think you should do as well and that they're aligning with each other. That is a really, really good position to be in. What you are not trying to do is to get a decision by committee. You do not need all of them to agree with your opinion. You are simply seeking their opinion and then you will make a decision based off that. So I think that can be really, really tricky to do because particularly if we're going to people that we respect, of course, we're more likely to, to implement whatever it is that they suggest we do. So please do see them. As I said, it's like a pop-up advisory board and it's not a committee that you need to get full 
agreement from all three of them in order to move forward with your plan. Something else that's really important, I feel like the three different perspectives that I've presented to you so far are very head focused, you know, very much using your brain to figure these out. And particularly for us women, we are highly intuitive and we will get a very strong gut feel on things. And I have to say, this is one of the most challenging parts of the last few months for me as I'm recording this. We're in Spain, oh, six, five, five months now. And I've made no secret of the fact that this has been a much more challenging period than I had even imagined that it could be, could have been. And something I've really struggled with is because it has been so full on and so busy and there's been so much adjustment and that go, go, go energy that I haven't felt as tuned into my own intuition as I normally would. And I've had numerous things that I'm trying to figure out, you know, whether it's home or business or whether we should move house or not. And I've worked with Wade, I've not worked with Wade, but I've talked to Wade about them. And I've said, look, this is where I'm at. And he said, okay, what's your gut saying? Because he's so used to me saying, okay, my gut says this, this is what I'm going to do. And I've just said to him, like, I just don't know. I'm just not getting a clear read. And it's really bothered me because I see my intuition as like my secret superpower in life. And that's been really, really challenging. And so I think it's really important for us to create the space to go quiet, you know, go dark, to drop into ourselves and tune into what it is that we want to do. I'm working with a brilliant personal trainer here and yeah, absolutely, absolutely loving working with him. And there's this new stretch that he has got me doing where I pretty much I hang off bars. So I'm standing, I climb up onto like a little step, I hold onto a bar and I just step off the, the step and just let my whole body just drop. And I actually get really anxious doing it. I don't know, it does something with the spinal fluid or something. I actually start to feel quite dizzy. And he makes full eye contact with me, like his reassurance while I'm doing it. And he said, just try close your eyes, try close your eyes. And I haven't been able to. And finally, yesterday in my session with him, I closed my eyes and it changed the whole experience. I felt like I could really drop into my body. And he said he was watching me from behind and he said, I could see the muscles here in your arms relaxing as soon as you closed your eyes it was like by me closing my eyes I could add all the distractions of what was happening in the gym around me and could really focus inwards on my body and my body just went ah and there's this really cool moment in that stretch when you drop in enough where it's like from what is it? it's like my lower back and something you can just almost feel just go and it just drops and it's this incredible stretch it's so good And, you know, I I really do think that decision making is the same. We've got so much distraction going on around us that we really do need to very intentionally, I need to be clear, it's not easy to create this space to, to drop in and tune into ourselves and our bodies and our hearts and our souls and really just ask our higher self, what is in my highest good here? What is the next step that's in my highest good? So whether that is walking, you know, not listening to a podcast, not calling a friend, just going for a walk in nature if you can. And if it's going and having a long bath, if it's having a shower, if it's going for a swim, I find water for me really, really helps me drop in because water enables us to drop into that feminine energy. And it's when we're in that feminine energy space that we are at our most intuitive. It's pretty funny. So I talk about them as my soul whispers, like those little kind of little tickles from my soul going, hey, you should think about this. I had a beautiful one yesterday in terms of, you know, how to resolve a particular challenge I'm having in my business during my session with my kinesiologist. So I call them my soul whispers, like those little whispers that I get. 
And I'm going, as I'm recording this, I'm heading off on a retreat to Ibiza. So I'm doing a full spiritual retreat with like yoga and meditation and sound healing and cacao and group training classes. I'm so excited. And when I was filling out the form to enroll in this retreat, I said, you know, it said, what does success look like for you? And I said, it's feeling like I can hear my soul whispers again, because as I've shared just now, I've really struggled with that sense of being in that go, go, go energy and not being as intuitive as I would like normally to be. And the lady who's running the retreat sent me the invoice with all the payment details and Wade manages this. It's called Wise. It's how we're managing like foreign exchange. So it's like an online bank account, basically. So I sent it to Wade and said, look, can you pay this? And Lara had said, who's running the retreat, she had said in the email, hi, Lorraine, so excited to have you coming. I cannot wait to help you feel your soul whispers again. And I sent it to Wade and he messaged me. He said, oh, can Lara help me feel my soul whispers? I'm like, no, (laughs) she cannot. So, you know, really tuning into those soul whispers. As I said, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you are female. It really is our secret superpower in life and business, that beautiful intuition that we can bring into action. So, but we need to nurture that and we need to create the space for that. If honing your intuition is something that you would like to do more of, you will love my episode with Helen Jacobs. So just a few episodes ago, I interviewed Helen Jacobs, who is a psychic and soul coach, and she has actually just written her third book on exactly that topic, how to hone your intuition. So really suggest you check that out as well, because there'll be a lot of gold in there for you as well. And then the last thing just to, I guess, leave you on the last thought on, you know, how, how we do make these decisions is to evaluate the risk. You know, when you are kind of at the real crunch point of saying, okay, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? It's evaluating the risk and taking that into account as well as you kind of plan forward. And again, I actually just recently did an episode, one of my Dear Lorraine episodes on how to take a risk. So again, that's quite a nice follow on from this decision making episode as well. And just remember, you know, when you are tuning in and you're really feeling, okay, I just want to share this with you as well. I had a bit of a crossroads in my business recently, whereby we could continue working with a particular agency that we're using, or we could go and and hire a team direct. And when I was thinking about working with that agency, there was a sense of heaviness And when I thought about hiring direct, there was a lightness and it could just be as simple as that. You know, does this, this, does this scenario A make me feel heavy or light? Does scenario B make me feel heavy or light? That can be a really simple way of just tuning intuition into your intuition as well. And I think it's really important to remember, and Helen and I touched on this in that episode that I mentioned as well, is that I think trying to differentiate between intuition and fear can be a real challenge for many of us. And your intuition is always going to feel loving and kind and positive and reassuring. Fear is going to feel and expansive. Yeah, your intuition is always going to feel expansive. Your fear is going to feel contracted. It's going to feel doubtful, fearful. So just trying to, I guess, discern the difference between each of those as well, I think is really helpful. But you know, putting your data hat on it and evaluating the risk, you know, what are the pros and the cons? And as I said, I talk a lot more about that in the how to take a risk episode. So I'm really hoping, particularly for my beautiful Insta follower who sent that very comprehensive question through. Thank you so much. And I'm really, really hoping that you've got some tips in there. You know, next time you are faced with a decision, whether it's a tiny one or a huge one, that you do have some tips in your back pocket with which to, I guess, apply an infrastructure to making that decision. 
Thank you so much for joining this week's episode and I look forward to being back again with a new episode next week. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.